This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, May 13th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. So Friday the 13th, my man, are you a superstitious guy or not? I am not. I'm just happy it is Friday. <laughs> In the weekend, I'm, I'm with you. Weekend's right around the corner. That's right. I've never, you know, you know, watched something really bad happen now that we've said that, but um, hopefully not. Hopefully... Um, the show's great, and the, our Friday is great, and the weekend is great. That's what I'm going with. We have nice weather here in Ohio. It's been nice all week. Of course, we usually, as usual, we skip spring, but we'll take it. It's been nice all week. Um, all right, so a lot to get into, Jay Book. Um, let's start with this. As we talked, you did, hosted a Buckeye Spaces earlier this week, and we talked about this. I know Griffin on uh, Twitter wants uh, credit for uh, bringing up this topic. Um I and as, as I said on your spaces, um, you know, I'm never a national championship or bus guy because so much has to go right. I'm absolutely, you know, for certain years for Ohio State, pretty much every year, win the Big Ten, get to the playoffs or bust, and then see what happens from there. But man, I think you might have talked me into it. I think I might. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really close to getting there. I guess the only thing that I could say was like. If they go undefeated, they're 14 and 0, they get to the national championship game and they lose a close game to Alabama. I couldn't call that a failure. I'd be disappointed. So I, I think you I think I'm there. I think I'm at national championship or bust. I know you are, I, right? I yep, I'm totally national championship or bust. And I'll break it down. You got a, a veteran quarterback, a guy who's going to be probably the number one pick in the draft. You have an offensive line that a lot of people believe will be outstanding this year. Um, you have three um, solid running backs, probably the loaded, the, the top loaded running back room in all of college football. You take into account you probably going to have a top five wide receiver, a loaded wide receiver room. You're getting the defense turned around. I just feel like the momentum right now is you have to go for it all. This has to be the absolute year. All the dominoes are lining up for you. All the stars are aligning. It's been way too long. Um, you know, a lot of people believe Ohio State has underachieved when you look at the, the success on the grand scheme of things when it comes to the recruiting. So right now, to me, I just think that with the defense expecting to be significantly better than what we've seen for the past several years, I feel like the time is now. It has to be right now because if it's not this year, then when will it be? Will it be two years down the road because you're breaking in a new quarterback uh, next year with Kyle McCord? 
you're going to be breaking in a new quarterback with Devin Brown eventually down the line. You're going to lose probably your your two offensive tackles in Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones. So you're going to be looking for two new tackles next year. So for me, I just think the sense of urgency has to be right now. I think George is going to take a step back. Uh, that defense is is in a historic defense in Georgia. Alabama, they're going to be absolutely loaded. The way blocking and getting guys for the portal, Heisman returning quarterback. But if you look at the, the landscape of college football, there's no one else right now that can compete with Ohio State top to bottom, pound for pound when it comes to talent. Dave, you're on mute. So I did. Oh, yeah, my cat was meowing very loud. So I had to uh, I was on mute there for a second. Um, so I did a uh, projected uh, two deep on each side of the ball for um, the Buckeyes this year. I did uh, defense and offense. Broken up into two different stories. I know you had a chance to look at it. You know, in my mm -hmm. view, there's not a lot of close battles for spots on the two. I mean, backup offensive line, there are some battles there. Tight end was one that was, uh, you know, one I really had to think about. Um, I'm still not convinced. I had Cade Stover and Joe Royer bracketed as the starters, but I think G. Scott Jr. is going to play a lot. Mitch Rossi is going to play a lot. They like that top four. Um, you know, look on both sides of the ball. What do you think of the projected two deep? And do you see a lot of or any really tight battles there for the Buckeyes. See, and this is why I say you is national championship or bust because I'm looking at your two deep, and like you just pointed out, there's not a lot of open battles. That means you have established starters coming back, guys that you know are good enough to start at Ohio State with a lot of experience. So when you have the two deep pretty much penciled in, it tells you right now that this roster is absolutely stacked. I mean, going through it, I think you did a great job laying it out on the Bucknut site, um, the two deep. And basically, I know someone asked about the, the defense ends. You're going to have JT Tuamalu, Jack Sawyer, Zach Harrison um, coming in the rotation. You have true freshman Caden Curry, who they like, uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, and then you also get Tyler Friday back. So you got six defensive ends right there that they feel really good about. I mean, when I'm looking at your two deep, Dave, the only spot that I could potentially see someone maybe get unseat is Taron Vincent, maybe. I mean, the way he played like a madman in the Rose Bowl, uh, you have to like where you're at with him. Can he really, you know, have a big breakout season his senior year? Maybe, but we all know that uh, Jaron Cage played really well down the stretch. And then you also have Ty Hamilton, who they're really high on. So it, it, we all we know we all know that Tyleek Williams is going to be the guy. And then I really like how you had it broken down as far as the linebackers in the two deep, based off what type of alignment that they're going to be in with the four two five. You're going to have Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers as your two linebackers. If they go to your traditional four three, then you're going to have. Uh, Ironton's Reed Carrico in there as a starting Sam backer. Um, but you look at that, at those positions, you have Cody Simon, who's going to be in the mix there. But I feel pretty good about those three guys. The only thing that I would say in regards to, uh, you know, coming up with a scheme on where guys will start is if you're in a nickel package, I think Cam Martinez could be your potential starting nickel inside guy because he has that flexibility to play on the back end as well as up front playing with a little bit of corner technique all right next one 
jumping around as we are wont to do on the show. A lot to get into, as always. <laughs> Love it. All right, so you and I also talked about this, and I talked with Tony Alford about this, and he talked about it. He was very uh, forthcoming about this. Um, he did a great job. He, he had to re-recruit Mayan Williams because other programs are trying to poach Mayan Williams. Why wouldn't they? I don't even blame programs for doing that. They know Ohio State has Travion Henderson, who's a stud. They know Mayan Williams is really, really good. Didn't get a lot of touches last year. Um, I think he'll play a lot more than like this year than he did last year. A Master Teague's no longer around, and I just I know they like Mayan. Hey, they're gonna have to find room for Evan Pryor too. But these things have a way of working themselves out. Let's hope all three of those guys stay healthy, and it's a problem you want to have. But I do find it interesting that that Tony had to re-recruit Mayan and um, did a great job doing that. That was probably not an easy thing to do because I'm sure Jay Book, you had good programs coming to Mayan. We're not talking about Mac programs. Nothing against the Mac. I don't want you getting mad at me. You're a former Mac no. player yourself. But, like, I bet there are, like, good programs in all seriousness coming after Mayan, telling him, you will be our starter if you come here. Um, so kudos to Tony Alford for this room he's put together and the fact that he's had to re-recruit Mayan Williams and did so successfully. Absolutely. And there's no doubt in my mind that Mayan Williams, if given the opportunity, could be a down-in, down-out starter at – pretty much 85, 90% of college football programs. And that's including the power five guys. I mean, if Mayan went to Clemson right now, Mayan would probably start. I mean, if you look at some of these big time teams that are in the top 10, Mayan would definitely be the bell cow back. Uh, but with that being said, I'm happy he's decided to stick around. I think his future is bright for him. I like the fact that they're going to have uh, a one, two, three punch there. I just hope that there's enough touches to go around. I mean, I, I'm looking at it like this, Dave. Mayan is your absolute bruiser. He is going to take you behind back in the alley, and he's just going to sauce those ribs up because that's how that's how he goes about his business. So what, what does that mean? When Ohio State is up on somebody in the fourth quarter, you bring those fresh legs in with Mayan and let him just go to work just punishing people. Uh, and then you bring in a little bit of Evan Pryor to slash him. I just think the bevy of a style in the bevy of uh, athletes that you have at the running back position is going to give you so much flexibility to do whatever you want to do. And it, it's a testament to Tony Alford and his relationship with Mayan that he said in those interviews with you guys, yeah, it was a tough sale, but at the same time, it wasn't because their relationship was so strong. So when you're up front, with someone and you lay out the game plan on this is how we're going to use you. This is how we visualize you being in this offense and just laying all of that out there and just putting the, the information out there for him to make an educated decision played well for Ohio State here. So keep bouncing around. Um, that's what we do on the, on the morning five. All right. Recruiting is going awesome. They landed Dylan Rayola. We talked about that all week on the show. I want to get your thoughts on that. Awesome. I mean, you can't. This is the first time you and I have talked about it on this show. Um, yeah. Maybe on every Friday. Awesome news. We knew it was coming. But to get the number one overall player in the country in the 2024 class, a young man from your backyard, um, you know, there in the Phoenix area and, um, and at the most important position on the football field at quarterback. Love it. And the son of an NFL player. He seems to really have his head on his shoulders. No. No surprise there. I love everything about that. Um, so speak about that. The Buckeyes land in Dylan Rayola. And then 2023 class, who are you really keeping a close eye on right now? You can name more than one. 
Um, mm-hmm. Rayola, and uh, and then speak about 2023 recruiting, if you would. All right, we'll start with Dylan. Uh, what you're getting right here is a primetime quarterback. A lot of people believe that even though he is a 2024 prospect, he is better than all the kids that are in the 2023 class. And with that being said, please do not reclassify into this class. You and I talked about that on Spaces, and there's a lot of chatter that he could reclassify, which speeds up his timetable to arrive at Ohio State. We saw that with Quinn Ewers. Um, We don't want to see that. That's just my personal opinion. I would love to see that gap between him and Devin Brown so that you can really secure your future for the next several years. But when it comes to overall talent, Dylan Rayola is the real deal. He can make every throw. Uh, he can stand in the pocket. He can move around like you want to. And there's a reason why he's the number one player in the country. And then one of the other most important aspects about getting him in the fold is he is an alpha dog. And what I mean by that is recruits gravitate him. If you went to social media, if you would see so many of the top high-end national recruits congratulating him, throwing up the Buckeye emoji, uh, saying, hey, let's talk. He's already on the phone working the 2024 class and the 2023 class. The thing that you also have to really like is he is very tight with the South Florida Express contingent. Those guys in the South Florida Express uh, 707, they're heading back to Columbus again. And if you don't know, that is the contingent that has Carnell Tate and Brandon Enos, the two top wide receiver targets on the board. So the fact that he's also uh, close with those guys, as well as JoJo Trader, a five-star in next year's class, it just tells you that when guys from across the country are gravitating to him, he's the real deal Holyfield. And then you mentioned uh, recruiting. Some of the guys I'm looking for, I mean, June is going to be a monster month. I mean, what's the over-under on potential booms? Four, three and a half, four, um, the way things are shaping out, because a lot of people believe it's just a matter of time before Noah Rogers pulls the plug and decides to become a Buckeye. I like where Ohio State's at with Tackett Curtis. He's my primary primary guy is the, the linebacker. If you can pull him out of Louisiana, who is an absolute thumper, that right there is going to be big for Jim Knowles because, yeah, we can recruit offense all day, but you got to start getting that high-end talent from, from down south on the defensive side of the football, and I think it starts with Tackett Curtis there. And then, obviously, the wide receiver position is going to be one to watch. Um, you know, if you get those guys in there with the wide receivers, I think it really just kind of builds a momentum heading into the summer for a lot of those other big time guys that they got. And, you know, I know we talked about the wide receivers and uh, who are they going to take? How many are going to take? I know you wanted to touch on that as well. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, we had a, a, a fan on Twitter ask, like, would they take up to five if they get like the five that they want? I think they could. It'd have to be the five. Like they're not obviously going to at all reach for a fifth. I think they'll probably end up with four. Um but would they take five if they get, you know, the five that Heartline wants? I think he would have the discretion to do that, yes. But I think they'll end up with four. What do you think? Yep, I agree. I don't think they're going to take five. I think that the odd man out is Rico Flores. I just don't think that they're going to have any room for him. Any other year, Rico Flores is a for sure take for Ohio State. But the fact that you already have the Rodgers 
well, I'm calling them the Rogers brothers. <laughs> if you get them, both of the Rogers kids in, in the fold, Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate, guys that they have a little higher on their actual board. Now, if Rico Flores had committed earlier before uh, Rogers had committed, then I think he'd have been a take at that particular time. But the fact that we're about a month away, two months max that you may have all four of your top wide receivers off the board. I just don't think Rico is a, is a take right now. And an indication of that is Steve Wolfong going ahead and crystal balling Rico Flores over to Notre Dame, who hasn't even visited there yet. Yeah, it's amazing what Heartland's doing, isn't it? I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, with what Ryan Day is doing at you know with quarterbacks and what um, Heartland's doing with wide receivers, we just had you know a commenter down there that mentioned um, Steve said you know we we need a defensive recruiter like Brian Hartline. That's why I mean that if you're wondering why did Brian Day make the mistake of bringing in Kerry Combs as defensive coordinator because he wanted an all-star recruiter and thought maybe Kerry you know his two years in the NFL maybe he could be a deep good good defensive coordinator didn't work out but just the right. two years that Kerry was here man he recruited his ass off like got guys yeah. like Denzel Burke you know got high and Denzel Burke was like of the three the most lowest rated you got Jordan Hancock who's going to blow up this year in my opinion you know as I mentioned he got Denzel Burke got J.K. Johnson who's the fastest guy on the team um, got some other guys that they like like Kai Stokes and some others so um, yeah I mean somebody said uh, Larry Johnson is the defensive heartline to a degree I think heartline's a better recruiter than even Larry Johnson and Larry is nearing the end of his career. So that's an issue there. All right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what though, Dave, I like where the defensive back coaching tandem are at right now with recruiting. I, I think Ohio, I think Ohio state's going to in the end land five-star safety, Caleb Downs out of Georgia. And then you look at the, uh, the relationship that they're building with that other five-star safety out of uh, California, St. John is a Bosco prep that they went out there this past week to go visit him. They flew out there and they really hit it out of the park with him. And if you're able to get Mateo in the fold, but as far as the defensive back coaches, I've been extremely impressed with the way they're able to go ahead and hit the ground running because Ohio state is in the thick of things for some high end top defensive backs. And it's impressive that they're able to build those relationships in a short amount of time. No doubt about it. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, yeah, that Don Bosco prep pipeline that uh, Wyatt Davis helped start. I love it how they're going yeah. out to California. They're getting C.J. Stroud from Rancho Cucamonga. They're just you know, Chris Olave <laughs> from out there. I mean, how about that? I mean, they're just, you know, they're just – they're recruiting – they recruit internationally too, Jesse Murko and, and many others, Cam Johnston, Ryan Pretorius, usually just kickers. Hero Canoes from Germany though. Um, even though he's been over here for a few years now, he's uh, originally from Germany. All right, last thing. I know you wanted to get into this. So you have Dane Brugler, an often um, guest on the Bucknuts Morning Five. Um, Dan Rubin has him on occasionally. He does a great job for the athletic. He has C.J. Stroud projected as the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft. Um, and I know that you mentioned Ryan Day has talked a little bit about this too. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, when the head coach is talking about it, when it's a third-year sophomore, I mean, I know it's everybody knows this is going to be his final year. It's not like it's a secret, but I do find this interesting. I, you know, not that I'm biased or anything, right? I definitely think Stroud's going to be the number one overall pick. But your thoughts on, on what uh, Coach Day had to say and also what uh, Dane Brugler is projecting? Yeah, it's not very often that we hear Ryan Day actually talking about 
his players in NFL draft status. You know, he kind of dances around it, but I thought it was very fascinating um, that he mentioned it's like, yeah, it's out there and a lot of people have to do their projections. That's their job. But when it comes down to CJ, his his sole focus is continue to develop CJ. Um, his model is you can get even better than what you are right now and have an even better season than what you had last year. But more importantly, he has to continue to develop if he wants to have a long lasting career in the NFL. They said, no doubt about it. The kid's going to the NFL. He's going to get a nice contract, but the goal is to make him stay in the NFL that he can have uh, a long career there. And so to me, I think it speaks volumes that, yeah, he's good. The kid threw for what? 44 touchdowns, six interceptions last year, 4,600 yards, uh, 4,400 yards or something along those lines. And they was like, yeah, you know, he can, he can be better. He can be better. (laughs) (laughs) He can. And, and they're basically saying like he did that coming in and really didn't have the leadership because he was a first year starting quarterback. Uh, He was also hurt. Don't forget about the injury. And then Ohio State's playbook is not an actual easy playbook. Now he has total command of the offense. He's going to be able to get them out of in and out of bad plays. And then he just knows how to read the defense a whole lot better. And that was one of the biggest takes that I've taken from the Ohio State uh, coaching is him being able to go in there, grind how to attack a defense. And I will say this, Dave. Jim Knowles coming in and giving him so many looks, I think is going to be invaluable this season because Jim Knowles runs a sophisticated defense. It's going to be uh, out of the box type of defense. And if you can find ways to pick apart that defense and understanding where you need to go with the football, it's only going to make the game that much easier come Saturday when you're playing against your traditional Big Ten defenses. Great knowledge, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. We also really appreciate all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Thank you for all the comments. Um, Love having you guys be interactive with the show. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Thanks to everybody listening to the podcast version. If you're not listening to the live version, uh, appreciate everybody who takes time to listen to the show. There's a lot of options out there. We appreciate it very much. Uh, If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. Thanks again to the man, Jay Book. Thanks again to all of you for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.